I'm Shell. And, and this, this is, is the Pineapple, Pineapple Podcast. Podcast. We own a women's only gym in Newcastle, Australia. We exist to create communities that foster a deep sense of belonging and self-worth. We have combos and aha moments with women all the time. The Pineapple Podcast is a place where we can take those conversations further and invite you all into our sacred space with a huge dose of fun, vulnerability and laughs. Hello and welcome back to the Pineapple Podcast. Um, it's another exciting day here because we have a guest. We love our guests. So we've got the lovely Alex Robinson um, with us today. We'll explain a little bit more about her as time goes on, but we just wanted to introduce her before we get into our high and low of the week so you're not like, who is the third person in there? Hi, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Britt, do you want to kick us off with your high of the week? Absolutely. So just because everyone has been hanging on their seats at how this renovation is going, by the time this goes live, my floors will be sanded and I'll be able to walk on them. And I am so excited about that part. (laughs) I have been renovating since the beginning of August and I am done. So that is my high. That is very exciting. (laughs) Very exciting. Um, Alex, what about you? What's your high of the week? I'm going to say, because it's wildcard week and mm. I'm still newish, so I did a really hard chipper on Monday and I was dead by the second round, but I pushed through and I found a new level of resilience. So I'm quite mm. impressed with myself. That is cool, a new level of fitness to then be able to, to push on. And just for context, so Alex is talking about in the gym at Pineapple, we have um, training programs and then in our deload kind of weeks, we have a week of wildcard training and then a week of mobility. And so wildcard is basically, as it sounds, it's a wildcard and it can be quite a Whatever. intense, quite an intense thing. And yes. so a chipper is a big, long list of exercises that you need to chip away at and you've got a time cap and it can be... Uh, yeah, a mental game as well as a physical game. So to the find that, is the hardest. So I to reckon. find that resilience, I, I I get that. You know, like you know that fitness is just increasing. So that's awesome, mm. awesome. My high of the week is on Sunday. We had um, family photos, which you kind of do every second year, and our exten- with the extended family. So my side of the family, um, which I have two younger brothers. So um, and they've got both got. One's got three kids and one's got four kids and the families have grown since we had them last time. And so just seeing all of my nieces and nephews together and, you know, my mum and dad are both still well and alive and mm. just to have us all together and we're in a beautiful garden. and They um, looked amazing. You know, it's all – so we have the – Jessica Ross does our um, family photos all the time and so it's just really nice because she knows us so well and, you know, she's a, a good friend of mine too. But um, – just you know it's good you can do sometimes things that are a bit nerdy and a bit awkward <laughs> to get like the right shot but it was just it's lots of fun so lots of laughs and it was just I'm looking forward to the uh the results yes they look great check them out on your insta well that's just my nerdy yeah uh, iphone shots I can't wait to say Jess is the like real she's, deal. she's a magician yeah mm. she always captures my good side and I, when I look I'm not always <laughs> sure I find it um low yes low of the week you kick us off again Britt all right um uh, well, nothing other other than just the weather changing on the weekend that I finally am going away for my belated birthday. So it looks crappy out there. But anyway, <laughs> might just be different to the beach weekend I had planned. Might be more of a cozy weekend inside with books and fires and hot chocolate. But that's okay. I'm going to turn it into a positive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Alex, what's your low? Yeah, look, it's hard to find one. I know. My life's pretty damn good. I know. That's why I had to say the weather. Like, (laughs) it's Um, not that bad. But I'm going to say every year I get the brows tattooed. It's a new thing. Yes. And I guess it's just a little reminder of time passing. And, uh, yeah, I woke up one morning about five years ago and looked in the mirror and I thought the kids have shaved my eyebrows (laughs) off in the night. Um, But it made me just realise that maybe I need to just do something. But on the flip side, um, I'm really happy that there's all these options Absolutely. for us to age and do things um, with choices. Exactly. And with style. And, yeah, yeah, they look great too. Thanks. <laughs> um, my eyebrow tattooing incentive is not ageing. It's because over-plucking at 16. <laughs> yeah. And, and can you believe I looked at my eyebrows and was like, oh, my goodness, what did you do? For like... 25 years before I actually got them tattooed like two years ago. A year, no, it's a year ago. It was last August. Love it. Best Yeah. Thing. I have the opposite problem. I have Johnny Howard's. So. 
Um, but my low of the week, it's actually not really a low, but I have, because I'm thankful that I can actually do this, but I am um, having colonoscopy done next week. Woo. Um, yeah. But my mum and auntie both have had bowel cancer in their history, one at 50 and one at 60. So it's my turn to, you know, just, it's just, a, there's no any symptoms, there's not anything. So I'm grateful that it's mm. just a checkup, it's just being precautionary. But um, the prep is interesting. So I've got an interesting diet for the next seven White days. White diet. Yeah. <laughs> Basically remove all of the colours, remove all of the things and just wow. colours. I mean colourful fruit and veggies, not colours. Anyway, um, so I guess I'm not super looking forward to it, but I am also thankful yes. that it is something that, you know, can rule out risk and mm. yeah, we can do that. So. Well, overall, I think our lows are pretty not that low. So we're doing all right here. <laughs> and actually, like, genuinely on that front, like, there are really hard people things. who are born into lives that yeah. do not allow them to, you know, have such mediocre lows. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty Absolutely. Lows, so. Very grateful. So shifting gears, Alex, thank you so much for joining us. Um, been looking forward to this one, particularly me. Um, we actually, I'll, I'll make sure I introduce you first. I was just about to dive right in about how um, all about me. So, <laughs> so Alex and I first um, connected earlier this year um, through an Insta message, either a pineapple I can't remember or mm, I stalked you. I like can't. That. I can't yeah. actually exactly remember. But we met up at Bolton Street Pantry, which is a great um, cafe here in Newcastle, and just kind of sat down. And I know for me, anyway. Tell me if it was different for you, but um, just kind of just as an ease, like I just feel like sat down, conversation just flowed and just left um, after meeting with you going, we're going to hang out heaps more and I'm sure we're going to do some some cool stuff. And one of the reasons, though, that I was connecting and reaching out was um, you are a menopause lifestyle educator, one of the feathers in your cap, and that's something that I wanted to educate myself more on um, and then, you know, pass that education on to our pineapple clients and, you know, anyone else who wants to listen to me. Yeah. Um, and also have someone in our, you know, village to be able to – support the people, like the people, um, you know, I guess pineapple clients particularly, but in, there's lots of people in my world that aren't necessarily clients. And, you know, I am 42. So it was mm. something that I want to do well and be thoughtful of because I'm mature these days. I don't just accidentally do things. I, you know, plan, <laughs> plan, do all the things. So it's been a real joy. Like personally for me, it's been a real joy and delight to actually get to know you as a human and share some similar passions, but just get to yeah make a new friend. Um, and um, we have already put on um, – I say we, I feel like a bit of a fraud saying that. Alex has this incredible program that she's put together a, an afternoon called Menno Chat and she mm. allows me to tack on the end and bang on about oh, fitness. Sure, it is definitely a team effort, but it's, you know, it's your your wisdom and um, learnings mm. and um, um, that Teachings. go into it, which we will touch more on um, as we uh, go through here. But I just want to hand over to you, Alex, just for you to let our listeners know I guess a little bit more about you. Um, you know, who are you? Why do you ha- why why do you choose to show up in the world the way that you do? What's inspired you? Big questions. Go hit yeah, me. <laughs> uh, well, I feel like I'm just every day. I pretty much wake up feeling like, damn, I've got it good. Like I, I've got nothing to complain about. My life's fantastic, and I really. Since I've moved to Newcastle, which was three years ago at the start of lockdown, I've made a point of making sure I wake up in the morning and think about all the great stuff in my life. And that mm. seems to just change every day, make it better. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we've been here three years. It's absolutely wonderful. We lived in uh, Wagga for 20 years. Wow. So big coastal change. Yeah. Our dreams are just coming through the swims in the morning and Everything that the coastal life brings, we're loving it. Um, I have twins. They just left school last year, so they're off frolicking doing their own stuff. So I've just turned 50 this year. Wow. So I'm off frolicking too. (laughs) Exploring lots of different avenues and trying things that I haven't done before. Um, But it's also about diving deeper into my wellness, and I've really been on that journey for probably 10 years, I'd say, after studying nutrition and um, 
learning about how useful yoga can be in calming down mm. our nervous system, supporting women through the tumultuous changes that we go through in our 40s. Um, I feel so passionate about helping women go through their own journeys and try and do that with the least amount of um, shit going down. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, shall I? Uh, 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 oh, you guys are going to have a great time thinking about me. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I will. <laughs> yeah, I know you will. Um, so, just you've you're, you've studied nutrition, so and then you're a yoga teacher, and um, I love how yeah you've brought all of that together to be really educating women um, on how to navigate you know menopause. I think just can we just take a moment to define like I think for a long time, and probably you've helped me understand this more too. Like menopause was just an I knew, maybe some of you will understand that the menopause was just one, like, like it's a, just the day that it's 12 months since you've not had periods, like so then you're premenopausal and postmenopausal. It's kind of like a day in time. But it just felt like, oh, that was like a long way off and it yeah. was just kind of like, well, I don't have my periods anymore and there's a whole lot of, you know, hot flushes and that. But as I've, like I've educated myself more and spoken to you more, like our hormone profile starts to shift and change mm. long before that and then we do start to ride the waves of the changes. So I guess um, just can, like when you're talking about being a menopause lifestyle educator, like who who are the people that you're wanting to educate? Like what where does that, what's that scope? Mm. Yeah, good question. Um, I would say that probably starts for women in their late 30s. Mm and then into their 50s and 60s, really, because, um, yeah, as you said, our hormone profile does start changing quite noticeably, definitely by 40, um, and that may not be very severe for a lot of women. There's some women that just coast through the whole process. process. God bless them. Those women <laughs> document that. <laughs> uh, but for many of us, there's all these funny little things that start happening, and it's not until you um, join some dots that you realise, oh, okay, I must be in perimenopause or uh, I'm about to go into menopause or whatever the <coughs> stage that you're at. And so what is perimenopause? Yeah. So, or what stage? Perimenopause is this phase in the lead up to menopause and that can be up to 10 years long. It's wow. sort of, um, you know, around that 40-year mark. And it's most women would probably notice that their periods are starting to change and what, what that looks like for them. And then slowly some other things start to also happen same time so that's why it's really important to start tracking these things mm. and um, being in charge being your mm. boss your ceo of your menopause management yeah yeah, yeah. i really like that um you know and the topic of menopause or you know perimenopause menopause post maybe not postmenopausal women seem to say oh <laughs> through it now things have chilled out a bit but it um just seems like there's a lot of problems spoken about and there is not a real strong voice about the, the solutions or the management of it. And there are some really um, amazing things that you can do that have a big impact to, to work on that. Yeah, and this is why I feel so passionate about the yeah. lifestyle practices because we can take charge of those ourselves and there's a lot that we can cover in our lifestyle. So it's really looking back and sitting back and taking stock and saying, all right, well, How's my sleep? Really, how is my nutrition? Let's be honest about that. Um, what, what are the things in my life that aren't serving me now? What can I get rid of? Who's my community? What do I feel passionate about? What's my purpose? Mm. And, and, you know, that's a lot just in what I've said there. Mm. There's more. But it's just cleaning out stuff and refining, getting rid of the crap that might be people, beliefs, attitudes, clothes, <laughs> whatever. And because this is a time of reset in a woman's life. There's no doubt about it. And I think because I went through it early and it was such a shock for me and really no one was giving me too much, so I had to find a lot of this out for myself, mm. that well, I didn't want other women to have to go through yeah, and I guess I was going to ask next, why are you so passionate about this? Is it a personal experience? Is there a story behind what made you go, wow, I need to learn more about this myself and then 
now that I know it, I need to pass this on? Like, was it? Yeah, that, that's pretty much it. I, um, yeah, so early, um, I, I was in menopause by 45. Yep. So I haven't had a period for five years. That's sort of exciting in some ways. Like <laughs> yeah. I'm free to travel and don't get all the wind up um, pre-period. Yeah. But um, it was also weird because I'm only 45. Yeah. I consider myself relatively young still. So then to have all these things happen to me, uh, and doctors being a bit vague about it, oh, you're a bit young, and then I missed a lot of testing that I should have had, and then there was COVID. So, mm. um, you know, I, as I said, I had to work a lot of this stuff out for myself. Thankfully, I had a wonderful naturopath, so I was doing a lot of nutrition and supplements, that sort of stuff, but mm-hmm. I had to catch up on um, bone density scans, yeah, right. pelvic health checks, and all these specialist things that should be happening for women particularly in the late 40s, I'd say. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, you felt like you were going through it quite early and you didn't feel prepared, would you say? Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. Yeah, so now you're really passionate about educating women prior to it happening so that they can go into it with a more prepared mindset. Yeah, and that is hard too because it's human nature. We don't worry about no. until something hits us in no. the head. Um, but I think this is so important now, and the menopause wave is really rising. It is, yeah. So it's now it time is. for cool. women to really say, okay. And it's not just menopause, you know, there's all that reproductive mm. issues that a lot of women face mm. too. So it's sort of a really important issue, women's health. Yeah. What I love when I think of menopause rising is it's, mm. I think um, there's so many things, like I remember when I was younger and I got my period, I'm like, ugh. How annoying is it to be a girl? Like they love parts of it, but uh, but instead seeing it as my superpower and I think that shifting and changing that, that menopause is one of our superpowers mm. as well and it's a coming of like age, you know, it's a new step and a, another level of, you know, maturity and wisdom and, you know, all of the, the learnings and the knowing. So I just really love that that is the narrative alongside of it as well because we're not broken. Like, you know, when you think about all of the things that we can experience as a woman – it might feel tricky, but it's not broken. It's actually no. got an underlying incredible superpower along with it. And I think about our cycle and giving birth and going mm. through menopause, uh, you know, some key kind of things. Um, you mentioned before missing out on some of the testing. I guess I'd really just like to um, zoom in on that a little bit. So for anyone listening, if they were like, oh, well, I'm like, what What would you recommend? Um, I think you speak about like a, you know, the kind of like the 45, like being <laughs> – brain work the 45 year like when you're when you are 45 years old there's a bunch of things that would be beneficial to a big health check. kind of have a, a yeah. check-in and I get is it about setting a baseline or just kind of setting where you're at yeah yeah setting a baseline um I, I did some study with this um British um education company on women's health and one of the things I talk about is that 45 in the UK they're really starting to establish this thing 45 is the line in the sand let's get your baseline yeah. done so then you know going forward what's going on um so that means doing some blood work you know looking at your cholesterol and your blood pressure your glucose and insulin maybe your thyroid vitamin b12 vitamin d just yep. some of the basics there might be some other things that well, there's that bone density you mentioned before yeah, doing so that the as well a scan is a bone mm. density yep. check um, and that just starts to look at early signs of osteoporosis. Yep. So that's, for me, um, I'm glad I had that because I do have mild osteopenia, which is the early stages of osteoporosis. Yep. So um, we found it early, so hopefully we can do things to reverse that. Um, you know, So I've got a number of strategies I'm using for that. Um, and then there's also the wonderful world of pelvic health. Mm. Um, and all sorts of things start to happen at this time. Come on, let's say the vagina. We yeah, like saying vagina. Um, <laughs> you know, a lot of women start to notice when they run, when they laugh, when they cough, that they might leak urine. Yeah. And so all those pelvic muscles that were once strong and held everything in aren't so much anymore. Mm. Um, Do you know what I find fascinating as I've been, you know, understanding more, just the role that estrogen and progesterone yeah. play far beyond just, you know, rising and falling and giving you a, a cycle. Like they have to do with, yeah, like what you're saying, like ligaments and different, like it's just, it's mind-blowing the role that they play. And it makes perfect sense though when you are understanding what's going on. And am I understanding you right, saying that women who maybe gave have given birth – 
didn't really have too much of an issue pelvic floor wise. They re- rehabbed, recover it. Then may start to experience some problems in their like mid forties yeah. and beyond. Yeah, this it's been a really interesting exercise. I went to see a pelvic health um, physio a few years ago, and as confronting as it was, it was an amazing thing to do, mm. and it gave me a lot more awareness. Um, but essentially, after you've given birth, your tissues have changed. Mm. The it, it's just. You can't not change. Um, yes. But we're young, we bounce back, and we have our hormones in there to help with that. Um, but then as time goes on, if we're not sort of starting to pay attention to our pelvic floor and uh, how our muscles work, then the rate at which uh, things decline and, and function falls uh, can can you know, drastically be yeah. And is that due to the drop in hormones? Like what is the causes yeah, behind that? Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's other things going on too, you know, um, the level of activity that women are doing. Yep. And after we ha- you have a baby, we're told, just do some Kegels, you'll be mm. good. And then it all sort of falls away and you don't really think about it too much. But in actual fact, women really should just be always doing some exercise, which is why this new area in physio health is mm. taking off because mm. it's really needed. It's needed and important, yeah, absolutely. And that's something we speak a lot about in relation to, you know, uh, postnatally, like go and have, you get your six-week doctor check, but that's great, but not that useful. Go and have a a check from a female health physio and that gives you a whole lot of information um, which is really important and so it's now what we're recommending women who are you know as part of you know being in your mid to late 40s go and assess that because mm. it's the confusion that I find you know there's some known kind of symptoms like oh this is just my hormones but it's again just because it's com- common doesn't mean it's normal like you don't yes. need to keep putting up with it there's things that you can do but there's some confusion around, like, well, why is my pelvic floor like, what, what's going on here? Or, you know, just I had think kids of, like, ten actually, years ago. Why is this now yeah, playing what, up? What, what am I doing? What am I doing wrong? And it's like, well, you're not. Like, there's just it's just one of the other things attached to the hormone profile shifting and changing, and it's just like knowledge is power. So instead of confusion, you can be like, oh, okay, cool, this is something that might happen for me, and then there's there's lots of things that you can go and um. Mm. do about that so yeah I, I do really feel though that this lifestyle this modern lifestyle that we live is misaligned with female hormones and, and the way the female body works i mean we are yeah. designed to have babies and then go through menopause they are natural processes 100 the modern world that we live in isn't really kind to women so mm. we we don't move as much as we once did we're not connecting with others mm. there's all these underlying factors so it is a very unique individualized situation that happens for every woman Mm. and that's why the lifestyle um, practices are so important because you can really work on improving things and I feel like as time consuming and exhausting and frustrating as that can be at times it's just so rewarding it's it forces you to bring out the better side of you like you know, the other side of menopause that we talk about. You go through that hormado and the shitstorm. <laughs> hormado, and then I love you come it. <laughs> moving to smoother waters. And mm. that brings with it different things, but you are a lot more confident and happy with the person that you've turned into. Yeah. Mm. That's a beautiful picture. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm. Just talk to me a little bit. I know as we were having a discussion beforehand, as one of the big part of the big health check, you've also mentioned dental health. Yeah, um, I listened to this really interesting podcast the other day, actually, and um, doctors and dentists should be aligned. They should be working and referring each other because our dental health is really imperative to the rest of our body. You know, this is another microbiome. Mm. So we know that we have our gut microbiome, we have a vaginal microbiome, one up our nose, and the mouth's the same. So we want to know what bacteria and, and... culture is going on in our mouth and what care we're taking there because it's also directly um, linked to our heart health. Yeah, isn't that yeah. mind-blowing? When I've heard that many times. Yeah, yeah. our cardiovascular system is one of the top um, areas that we need to be concerned about mm. menopause because of what's going on again because we don't have estrogen yeah. doing giving that protection that it used to. So um, by having really good hygiene with your dental health mm. really helps to promote um, 
overall body health. Yeah. So I feel like going to the dentist and being on that, using your picksters, mm. <laughs> not being embarrassed about doing it in the, in the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I it's just the, the holistic, right? You know, yeah. like the, all, all parts of our body relate to all parts of our body somehow. And um, I guess when we talk about lifestyle practices that, and I'd like to just delve into those a little bit more specifically in a sec, um, it's not that they're radically different to things that would serve us in other parts of our lives. They just may need to tweak them and dial some up a little bit more and down a little bit more and have that awareness around maybe like what the road in is. Like if it is related to horm- like to menopause, like hormones related to, to menopause and that journey, then that can help with the road out um, and fixing that too. So when we speak about um, – why don't we list some of – I know that there is – often uh, reported lots and lots of different symptoms um, because we're all individuals mm. and our hormones affect us differently and our, you know, the lives that we live to a certain date help to shape how we experience the world. But what are some of the, I guess, main symptoms that, first of all, like that you experienced but that you um, hear other women, you know, and the women that you support talk about and what are some ways that they can, you know, learn about or implement straight away to remedy those? Yeah. Uh, well, gosh, it's a long time ago now since I was back there. But um, I would say my mood was certainly lower. Um, was that fluctuating or did it just kind of get just, low and stay? lower in general. For me, you know, I can be annoyingly happy to people. <laughs> um, so I noticed that about myself. Like they're just quieter, I think, and that feeling of invisibility and retraction uh, when – you know, I'm usually out in the world. Um, I noticed that. You know, obviously a decrease in um, sex mm. and, and and looking. At, you know, I have a lovely relationship with my husband. Thank goodness, he has been very kind and understanding. But the um, vagina and vaginal tissues and all of that area, it gets very dry. It can get very dry, and it's just it's just a no go. Yeah. So uh, thankfully, you know, I, I did something about that. And um, one of the wonderful things that we have access to now is um, localised vaginal estrogen. And mm-hmm. that comes in a number of forms, but that is a game changer. Mm. So that was great. So low mood, low libido. What? Yeah. Um, oh, God, I remember sore buzzies for a long time. They really? Yeah, just in that um, hormone, hormone drop. Really high estrogen Mm -hmm. and then it drops so you know Mm. just really tender so uh, eventually that sort of worked itself out. Yeah would you say that when women describe like the big things that are interrupting their life would that be the perimenopause stage like is that kind of when the biggest like because things are going up and down and normal and they're not normal and uh, is that when yeah yeah and in um, meno chat please you need to come to it shell I will be doing one again before the end of the year. Um, there's a great chart that I have, not that I'm a big chart person, but it just really shows in the lead up to perimenopause, menopause, and post, and all those years where that erratic stuff's going on is in perimenopause. So it's completely understandable why you want to uh, chop your husband's <laughs> out or get your claws out. Of yeah. Um, but understanding that and why that happens, you, you can then start to bring that down to a more balanced level place yeah uh, but perimenopause is a, a hard place to be so um obviously i i uh, oh, i haven't been to menachat yet because i was in bali the last time it was on and i am new and learning at the moment on this and just to clarify you you're saying that majority of the symptoms happen pre-menopause perimenopause and then once menopause kind of happens which is 12 months after your last cycle yep. the symptoms start to level out at that pa- at that stage That's or generally yeah yeah i mean a lot of women unfortunately experience hot flushes for the rest of their life yeah right um and and, and there's other things that happen yeah Yes, different set of symptoms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, That crazy feeling. What did you call it? Hormado. Yeah. Hormado. Isn't it a perfect? It's so perfect. And my brother um, told me that I was going through a hormado. So (laughs) I saw red, but then I saw the humour in it. Yes. Thanks, bro. (laughs) It is. Yeah. Yeah. 
It is. So, um, yeah, was there any other symptoms that, you know, you hear a lot about or that you experienced? Um, all, you know, joint pain. And, mm. and I notice now that my eyes water a lot when we're out early morning. Yeah. The wind's blowing. I'm crying. That's my eye sensitivity has increased. Um, my, I find that um, I fatigue easily after intense exercise. Mm-hmm. So I've really honed in on the nutrition after um, big exercise, like getting the right amount of protein. And that that's a whole other topic, but yeah. um, eating really well now for peri and postmenopause is so important. I think – sorry, can I just yeah. – one of the things is like, oh, you know, you're getting into midlife now, you know, let's – you know, thank you, woman, for contributing to the world. Now you go and live out your days. Like, you know, there's a bit of a, it's a bit of a that. And I'm like, it is, we can continue to thrive. Like there is women who are in their 40s, 50s, 60s who are setting like personal right. records, like doing, like I'm talking physically, but, you know, even just things that they're doing with their lives, lives and their careers. And, and, but I guess that's the thing, like we need to, and, and again, I'm not going to delve into it because it does need its whole other Episode. podcast for it, but fueling our bodies right, and that is mainly nutrition, but, you know, hydration also, you know, then delves into like who we're surrounding ourselves with, but it is really important. And there's some, um, some, some supplements and some foods that are, and the timing of it mm. becomes more important than, than before. And I think it gets written off a little bit as like, well, I'm not an elite athlete or I'm not a this, I don't need to worry too much, but it can have a really profound effect on recovery on your ability to, you know, continue achieving the goals that you're wanting to achieve. And I don't mean in a, I am here, I need to do all the things. It's just like, I've actually got a whole lot more here to give and just really honouring the way that our bodies now need to be um, looked after to be able to continue showing up really amazingly. And I think for me, and it's a learning that I'm, I've still got a few years to learn properly, please, fingers crossing, <laughs> is resting well. Like we can yeah. go out and be all the things and be living large and, you know, throwing down in the gym at wildcard and whatever that might be, but making sure that you've got that rest and that like, work hard, rest hard, you know, not work hard, yeah. play hard anymore. It's work hard, rest hard. And, yeah, anyway, so like I said, I'm not going to bang on, so I'll stop now, but just think that is a really important kind of bookmark to put in there that we can come back to in some other episodes about how to really support our bodies nutritionally so we can thrive, not just, just get by. go out to pasture. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think this is really important that really it's all about our metabolic health and, you know, there's some wonderful um, women doctors out there who are writing amazing things and, and, and offering programs and it really is about maintaining metabolic health because if we have that, then our hormones are balanced our blood sugars are balanced, and these are key things. We often see a lot of women, um, their blood sugars starting to become dysregulated at this time because we've been on a bit of a set and forget with what we eat and mm, yeah. easy and let's just have a bit of this. and Convenience. Yeah, yeah. And, and running a family and, and businesses, and, and we can't afford to do that anymore. We have to be a lot more intentional mm. about the type of food that we eat. And, and so I've really started to think about that with how I start my day with my food. You know, I, I don't want to start with high sugars and um, spiking my insulin. I want to try and keep level as I can throughout the day. So having protein, having complex carbs, um, you know, middle of the day, if we go to Ayurvedic principles, that's when our um, fire is at its hottest so we can burn things. Mm. So that's a good time to eat your carbs um, and then sort of, slowly um, eating smaller meals towards the end of the day. Mm. And these are the little things, these little lifestyle things. You can't do them all at once because there's too many, but it's just picking one thing and working on that. And being Mm. your own best detective, you know, like to to say like here's some really, here's some things that I'm going to try, but, and I'm going to try them one at a time so I can be like, is this working for me? Yeah. No, and then that that tweaking. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, using the apps, to track your period and yep. your symptoms, that's part of that, being yep. your own detective because being armed with that information and turning up to your doctor or your specialist, whoever, mm. um, that's very helpful information. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And, and my my memory, I'm going to blame baby brain, but maybe it's peri brain <laughs> or just life. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is, you know, just interestingly though, as we're having children later, like I, Dot's five now, but 
you know, it's like your postnatal post, um, and you're potentially ebbing into that perimenopausal frame. It's just like, could I have any more of a <laughs> hormonal hot, shit hot show? Hormonal person. It's like, <laughs> and it is a busy season. Like you're in the trenches with young kids, yeah. right? Like it's a busy mm. season, which then just adds another layer of like the management of the family who needs a lot from you to, to keep it ticking over. Mm. Um, so... That we've, I know we've mentioned a bunch of things here, so just to let the listeners know, we will, like we always do, link in the show notes some useful um, resources uh, in relation to that. But I just wanted to come and talk about how important is it, like the mental health side of things and finding your tribe, like what impact, you know, if you were only to focus on your nutrition and, you know, do, like, you know, that would be great, but do you think that you could do it without having your tribe or really looking onto your mental no, health? No, definitely not. You know, the number one um, key factor in longevity is um, community connection. Mm. So we know that if we want to live and be happy when we're older, we have to have people around us. So the sooner we start that, the better. And then particularly with all of these changes going on, they're inevitable, so we have to accept that. But we need to find a support group. So finding a tribe of people that... You exercise with or you are part of a group is great but also then that might mean your medical people too you know your doctor mm. your mm. massage therapist your physio whatever that looks like mm. but you need people and women are great at coming together and talking we, we forget that partly because we're being pushed out or we want to be in the workforce but we don't have the time that we used to have traditionally yeah so and we're th- losing a lot of important information being passed from one generation to the next and yeah. I think because we're time poor even if we are still hanging out with our friends, we're not just being in each other's space to really foster that deep connection. Yeah. And, you know, there's times when I've had lots of people around me but I've still ha- felt a bit lonely yeah. because I don't have that, that and I'm someone who needs like deep. I can go deep quick. <laughs> but so I just wonder if um, it's not just surrounding yourself with people. It's not even just listening to a few podcasts of people talking yeah. about the things that you need. It's actually finding spaces where you can be seen and heard and you see and hear other people and you don't have to be completely aligned on all the ways that you're approaching even Or best this friends that live in each other's pockets. But, yeah, it's more. And even so now with, you know, the, the ability that we have to access the internet so greatly, I still don't feel like there's so many community groups that you can get online and Facebook and everywhere, but I still don't feel like that ticks the box. Like, well, it only ticks the box almost. Yeah, you know, like It only yeah. ticks the box. It doesn't actually drill yeah. into that, yes. you know, what What does the box actually mean? Yeah. It means a place where you can actually, yeah, I guess for me it's like be seen and heard and like from you can, that point. You yeah. Can, you can be a community group of any topic in the world online, but I sometimes I feel like they make you almost feel lonelier because <laughs> you are inundated with information on those groups and you kind of like, I don't know. And then too nervous to post anything because you look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whereas sometimes, you know, just having a group of people in real life, that amount of information seems to be better real life experiences, you know, people that have been through it's it. Personal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing like face-to-face. Yeah. Um, you know, I find that myself being um, a practitioner and helping people, and I know that I much rather that. Like, the online thing just there's a divide and it, it's just part of that humanness. Mm. We want that contact. And I also think that we don't need a massive amount of people mm. that help us with those things or that we seek out. You just need those two or three exactly. people that you know you can be vulnerable with yeah. and they're genuine. Yeah. yeah. That's a really lovely thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, the, I, we, I just was thinking then because it's one thing that if I don't pay, it's, I guess it's my biggest thing I deal with if I don't pay enough attention to having good sleep hygiene. Yeah. Um, and we often women speak about sleep being interrupted. Um, we just didn't talk about that before. Um, is that something that you find is common that pe- women talk about, like the sleep interruption being one of the symptoms? Yeah, definitely. And and a lot of people will think that they're sleeping pretty well, but in actual fact, if you went and put a camera in their bedroom, you'd see that they're not at all. Mm. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of um, people coming into the bedroom in the night <laughs> and sleeping and jumping beds. 
um, the lighting, the temperature, um, having devices in the mm. room. Like I, I don't allow any. I get very cranky um, if I ever see a little light or a thing flash up. You have to be pretty strict about mm. your sleep hygiene. Yeah. And then setting that regular routine because once your body starts to understand what you're doing and, okay, it's bedtime soon, oh, and then we're going to wake up at this time, then it starts to relax and the nervous system starts to relax. Mm. And, and that's the same thing with eating. If you're eating regularly, your body knows what's coming. Yeah. And so it's always just about um, keeping things very simple. Yeah. And none of this is rocket science stuff, these mm. lifestyle practices. Yeah. Um, they've been around, but and I just yeah. forget about them. Absolutely. It's almost like a relearning, yeah, right? Like yeah. it's not a new discovery. But um, on the sleep front, yeah. I just feel like it is the precursor. Like if you can be well rested, then it gives you a bit more capacity to then deal with the other things like that are going on, whether it's menopausal symptoms or life. And this isn't just for this time in life, right? Like it is always. So I just do want to Good, like when we talk about good sleep hygiene, like Alex mentioned a few of those things, but it's having a regular bedtime and it's probably earlier than you think. You want to get into bed minimum eight hours before you need to get out. And I know depending on children or just Season other things, of life. seasons of life, you may have to get out of bed, but you're wanting to set yourself up as much as possible. We've just recently got a block out curtain in our room. So we had blinds already, but to make the room just that extra little bit Dark. darker, and I used to not like sleeping with the aircon on, but I put the aircon on so that it is like a cool, dark room. Mm. Make sure, like, make sure I do a wee before I go. To, like, I'm a kid, right? Like, make sure you do a wee before you go to bed. Like, all of these things. And the difference for me is because I think cortisol starts to like um, increase around that two, three o'clock in the morning kind of time. So if you're not having a good sleep, you potentially will wake up. Then you might need to go and do a wee, but then it's hard to fall back asleep. And I find if I've set myself up well, so I do have my phone next to my bed because it's my alarm clock, but I put it on flight mode mm. so that I, you know, and I have to be really strict with myself to not like scroll it before bed because it's so addictive. Yep. Um, but so put it on flight mode so it's not – but I find if I do those things, then I am able to sleep through. I love when I wake up and I'm like, it's 5.30, yeah. yeah. You know, and so, yeah, I'm, we'll, um, I'm not going to speak any more about it, but I just really want to put a big bookmark on how important sleep is and you might be doing all the other things, but sleep is really going to trip you up um, yeah. in relation to being able to – to go on. Yeah, and, and it should be prioritised over um, fitness and exercise yeah. too. You know, a lot of women are depleted. Yep. Um, and it's only going to make things worse if you're pushing yourself even mm. more. Uh, 100%. Yeah. And we say that across all different ages like if your goal and goals if your goal is weight loss and you know that's another huge thing that we hear a lot in this stage of um, a woman's life is that weight gain piece but if it's if like that's your goal and you're not getting enough sleep it's almost impossible for your body to shift weight you're working against it you're working against your hormones that want your body to re regulate and therefore lose weight and if we're not getting that sleep like I'd say cut out a session and go to bed for that hour <laughs> before you add in another workout if your goal is weight loss yeah definitely and and that I, I hear a lot when women start to um, get that little tire around the belly and stress out about it so let's ramp up the gym sessions let's start yes running, let's start Hip classes, eat, eat less food. Yeah, it's literally, so let's yeah. spike our cortisol so we store more fat around our middle. Yeah, <laughs> so that's just all triggering inflammation and going the opposite direction. So, so don't don't do that. Yeah, so it is a good segue because that was going to be the other thing. Like that is a, a big complaint mm. that I hear about. Oh, I, I just guess I have to get used to this new tie that I've got. Oh, I'm over forty this. now. I've got my my under my belly button pouch now. This is just that, and so I think there is. You know, our bodies do shift and change, like there's an acceptance and a love. But um, is there things that women can do about their body shape once they've gone into perimenopause? Entered this and stage. Well, you know, again, like these stages of life, it's normal and natural. We're not designed to be some sort of um, ornament. Our <laughs> body does change and we have to learn to love what it becomes and it, that, that's a journey in itself. But, of course... Um, being fit and well and doing something every day and focusing on wellness rather than the weight or how a body looks mm. is way more important. And 
I like a thing of like, let's focus on what we can gain rather than what we can lose. Yeah. Like just even that concept of like, I want to gain health and wellness energy. rather than lose, yeah, gain energy, gain yeah. rather than like, I want to lose weight or, you know, lose fat. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. so, and that um, can be a side effect of it normally you know, is. gaining Gaining energy, losing weight is normally yeah. the side effect. And this is all cultural conditioning too, all this 100%. weight stuff. Oh, yeah. And really by this stage we're starting to do the who gives a – Yeah. <laughs> so there's power to it. It is. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. Oh, this is – I feel like we could keep talking. If I just keep us talking for, you know – Oh, no, maybe another 15 minutes, then you'll beat my <laughs> longest one. <laughs> but, um, and I'm here this time think, to keep you in check. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've, like, covered a bunch of the, the main topics that we really wanted to, to touch on. But, again, I feel like we could record, like, 17 more podcasts yeah. and just still be scratching the surface. So we would really love to hear from our listeners um, what – would you like we will have Alex on again like are there some specific questions so the next time I think what we'll try and do is a Q&A so get um, questions yeah. in and hear from people real life experience of what they're going through um, if you are local to Newcastle though it's not just for Pineapple Fitness members but if you're local to Newcastle we will be running another Menno Chat workshop which is a three hour workshop and it's just a really beautiful space that um, Alex and I create to invite women in to come and talk about all of the things. So there's education, you'll leave empowered with tools to go and implement straight away. We talk about the importance. So like education and then action. Um, and then there's a beautiful um, yoga practice at the end just to kind of integrate and marinate on all of what we've um, learned. And it's just, I just really love the connection that I've seen at Foster in, in the one that we've had before. Yeah. The women that have been to that, you know, they kind of know, mm. oh, we're in the same boat here. And so they've been able to then facilitate those conversations and have those people. I guess that community piece that we we're just talking about absolutely ongoing yeah. um and that is and I guess there's different communities for different things right like so it's that's just someone that they know we're on the same page we can talk about yeah. this or you know you'll hear little chats before class or you know if they're having a cup of cup of tea about you know this I've definitely embarrassing seen embarrassing time when they had a hot flush yeah, or yeah, yeah. you know just normalizing um the experiences that yeah. they're going through and yeah. I feel like the people that went to the last Meadow Chat I've seen in the Pineapple community having conversations at coffee or before classes um, about, you know, opening that conversation up. It's not a conversation that was had a lot um, in the last, like 10 years ago, five years ago even. And it's so cool to see, like, within the wider community of Pineapple, little you know, people that have just got things in Support, common, having little conversations, supporting each other. Supporting each other. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's so right. Mm. So even to try and get information out of our mothers. Oh, yeah. Um, I found that interesting. And so what does your mum like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Like, just let it go. And it was all shoved under the carpet and keep hush-hush about it. But, you know, that's the other thing I'm really passionate about is pulling all that out. Yeah. Mm. And um, removing the embarrassment and the shame because women – live with that and long enough as it is we don't need to keep carrying those burdens so yeah and saying that it's also for men because men i think do want to know how they can be supportive yeah, and understand of the women yeah. they love in their lives yeah we, whether it, we might be able to fix um marriages yeah because you know menopause is a big reason for people to split yeah, yeah. alex said come to meno chat and we'll fix your marriage <laughs> marriage counseling but um yeah so this um it, it will be the the uh, MenoChat workshop will be local in Newcastle and will be in November, um, which this podcast will be released and then it's a couple of weeks afterwards. Mm. So um, very, very excited to, about that. But stay tuned um, on our socials and we will share all of the info there. Um, Alex, how can women connect with you? Because I know you are able to support women not just here in Newcastle but, um, you know, all over. Lots. What's some of the ways that you can connect and support women? Um, so I have my website, Alex Robinson Wellness. Put it in the show notes. <laughs> um, we are Instagram and Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, and I'm really about getting out and educating. So I'm very interested in doing corporate training on this too. Uh, and I love to chat. So mm. happy to meet for coffee happy to do whatever because this is something that is bigger than just my community it's all over the world but I my footprint can be as big as it needs to be so 
Anyone listening in Italy, I think you'll be there next year, you. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much, Alex. I really, really love the way you shop in the world and with your vulnerability and I don't find your happiness annoying. No. A lot. Yeah. Um, But we were chatting um, before and we've decided, so we do a shout out to a local business uh, and we all collectively love Equium Social, which which is... so one of the owners does train at Pineapple, but our love has been before I Long even, before. Long yeah. before that. So, Remy, thank you for the um, amazing cafe that you have uh, created there. Um, but, Alex, why don't you – like, what do you love – so, actually, I probably didn't say that. Equium Social is a cafe in Mayfield, <laughs> the Ties Hill end of Mayfield, just near the, the overpass there. So um, if you're not in Newcastle, maybe you should come it's worth to making, for Meno oh. Chat. And go to Equus. It's definitely that could be a good weekend. Yeah. Would be an amazing weekend. Yeah. But Alex, you tell me, what do you love about Equium? I love it that the menu is really unique. They've it so is. foods and combine them together. They're, most of them are really gut healthy. Yeah. Um, there's lots of fresh fruit and veg. They're local, like try and use local produce. <laughs> Presentation's amazing, flavor's amazing, and your taste buds aren't bored. No way, and it's some—it's something different. Like it's not just your usual run-of-the-mill bacon and eggs, eggs, Benny. Nothing wrong with that. Love that, but like you can go there, and something that I've never thought to put together is yeah. on that menu, and it just works. I love that you can go get a cup of bone broth and sit there. Or the and healing eat. cacao drink. Like oh. it's just there's so much different, fun, yummy, delicious food there. That's it. Like, it's it, almost like it's. It's different but not wanky. No, and it's no. it's really health-giving. Like, you know, sometimes when you want to go different or a bit fancy, then you've got to kind of go, oh, well, I'm just – whatever, this is one of my cheat meals. Like it's – I don't like that word, but, you know, like yeah. it's – But it's just really delicious. And just the vibe in there, the staff are beautiful. Um, yeah. It is – yeah. We always feel nourished. And there's there. heaps of PowerPoints. So if you want to go up there and do some work, you can plug your laptop in. <laughs> yes. Love a cafe. Who's Good coffee too. Yeah. yeah. So, Remy, you are quite the artist. We love your work. Yes. Yes. Well done. <laughs> yeah. And, again, I just – whenever we think about um, – you know, we're very blessed here in Newcastle to have such a beautiful array of whether it's practitioners or, you know, cafes, restaurants, um, all the things to go and uh, mm. enjoy here. So, all right, let's do this. We'll wrap it up for another week. Thanks again, Alex. Really, really love sharing the air with you. And, Britt, I'm glad you were back. I exactly. missed you. I missed you. <laughs> I missed the body too. Uh, this is fun. <laughs> all right. See, see you later. soon. Bye. Bye.